Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Did it last week when he wasn't even here. He still <laughs> kept the intro. <laughs> Believe in Kentucky, Aaron Gershon, Jalen Whitlow, Vinny Hardy. Fellas, how y'all doing? Good, man. Yeah, man. Can't complain. It's been a busy day <laughs> this Wednesday with media day, basketball-wise. Football practice can be a busy weekend, but it's that time of year, man. We've got both sports going. Yo, got the double duty, double beat work for – the cat's balls yeah. and Gershon, y'all check him out there at catspaws.com. Jalen Whitlow from UK quarterback. Look, y'all get in touch with him. You got a young quarterback in training, you can coach him up and get everything right. So, uh, I'll check these guys out. We talk about it every week. Y'all can get this episode, believe.com. Every episode, believe.com. We're live streaming right now. Get in here and Leave a comment. Follow us on Twitter. I believe in Kentucky. It's on YouTube, Facebook page, all that good stuff. Uh, definitely appreciate it. And y'all check it out visually or the audio version, whatever y'all want to do. We were doing bi-week talk and stuff. Had Christy Thomas last week from UK Sports Network and enjoyed talking football with her. So now it's back downhill. The bye's over with and got to get ready. Because game time again Saturday with Tennessee coming to town. Uh, got that. We got basketball media day. All kind of stuff like you mentioned, AG. But uh, got to try to get six and two and three and two in the conference and get those two losses out of your system. Yeah, this is a big win to kind of change the narrative of the season, right? I mean, look, I, we were just talking a little bit before we started here. Uh, I think the name Missouri kind of makes that loss look a little worse than it was and that, you know, Kentucky killed themselves with the penalties. They get off to that hot start and the offense just falls asleep for two quarters. Like there's a lot of things that, you know, I could see why the, I totally understand and accept the fans being upset, but there is this notion that, you know, the name on the chest of the other team was Missouri and, you know, the star ratings, I saw that stuff and whatever, like Missouri's a good football team. I mean, they're seven and one. They easily should, could be eight and oh, I mean, they led LSU by 15 at halftime. Uh, and nearly pulled that game out anyway. LSU had to come back and, and win it late in the fourth quarter. So that's a really good football team in Columbia. You know, you got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, you look at their remaining schedule. It's Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, and Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas is a dumpster fire this year. Um, and they have Tennessee and Florida at home. Like, outside of, I think they're going to finish 10-2. and two. Uh, That's what I think. So you got to tip your hat a little bit to Missouri. But uh, from a Kentucky perspective, man, uh, this is a huge opportunity because you can get the fit beating ten. If you were, if Kentucky was two and six and they beat Tennessee, the fans would be in on the rest of the year. They want to beat Tennessee. Oh. I mean, like this would be a huge deal to do that, and it would turn the whole narrative around because you do have winnable games left on the schedule. I mean, Mississippi State, yeah, you haven't won in Starkville since two thousand eight. They're not good this year. South Carolina, I think I know 
South Carolina won that game to head to head on a neutral field. I'm taking Mississippi State over South Carolina. That's how big of a dumpster fire South Carolina is this year. Yeah. Um, and then what? Alabama's going to probably be a loss, but I think Louisville. I actually, of all the games left, I have the most confidence in the Louisville game just because I still think Kentucky's physically um, just a better team. So um, if you win this week, man, you know, all those that nine and three is still very much uh, doable. Uh, there's a lot of things left in front of you. You get the fan base back. But if you lose, uh, it's that time of year where they're going to be on the basketball and you're going to have to you're going to have to do some things to uh, to get them on board the rest of the way. So it's it's a huge week. Yeah, very, <laughs> very big week. You know, I, I remember watching. I was down in South Carolina, man, when I was watching the, the Missouri game. And before the game, I was like, I don't know how this thing is going to go, man. I thought I watched Missouri and Kansas State play. I watched Missouri LSU. I was like, this, you know, this Missouri team is a, is a good team. I mean, yeah. across the board, they're a good football team. Yeah, uh, good offense, good quarterback, defense. You know, is is solid in spots. Um, they got some really good play. They got some NFL players. Yeah, they got they got they got some NFL players. Um, you know, they kind of. You know, let one go against LSU, but I think it's a. I thought it was a great team, and uh, you know, I knew it would be a good game. Um, I don't like I said. I don't think Kentucky played bad. I don't think they played up to their standard, though. Uh, however, I do. I don't think that Tennessee is very good on offense. I do think that no. the the year to beat Tennessee is this year. Um, you know, they don't have it on offense, in my opinion. They don't. They don't have it clicking uh, in the past game. They're pretty one dimensional. They did a little bit in the first half of the Bama game. Uh, but they were playing above. They were playing over their heads in the first half, uh, as we saw that you know they struggled to get first downs at times in the second half. You know they didn't score a point in the second half. So, um, I, I you know I think you know like I said I think Kentucky's the better team from top to bottom. Um, I think Kentucky's physical in the trenches. Uh, Tennessee is too, but I think Kentucky is, and I think Kentucky has the skill guys. Um, on offense to eventually, like we talked about last time, <laughs> it's eventually, gotta happen eventually. You eventually, think. the you know the dam has to break, um, and and, and and the water's gotta run, man. Eventually, so um, we'll we'll see when when that happens. Uh, I do think this team can still go, you know, ten and two uh, on a on a good, you know, like I said, I don't think I don't think Alabama's unbeatable, man. I just don't. No, they're not. You know, uh, you know, I don't. I, I'm not a believer that Alabama is a uh, juggernaut this year. I just don't believe that. I think that I think they're very beatable. Um, you know, I think Louisville is weak in some spots when I watch yeah, them. I'm not uh, worried about them. I think we're more powerful than Louisville in the trenches. Um, you know, I, you know, I just, I, you know, just I know I'm super optimistic about it, but I just think this, you know, this team is a good team that can that can play well once they get going on offense particularly in the past game. So I, I got, I got a, uh, you know, I got Kentucky beating Tennessee, man. I, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think Tennessee is, is that good on offense personally. I meant to say it last week, cause you keep talking about catching the rhythm and, and, and eventually it's got to click. Devin Leary talking to the media last week was still upbeat, still confident, still you know mm-hmm. taking ownership of areas where he was falling short I meant to text y'all the link or say something about it to the group because he wasn't beaten down no. by this way this season has gone. And it was still, you know, looking 
to, you know, I don't know, I can get it. And I, I really like, even though the Missouri game didn't go the way we hoped, I like the way he was carrying himself. I don't know, maybe he has his moments in the dorm by himself where he's you know pissed <laughs> off or something like that. But I like the way he handled the questions. And he, he's been around. He's a mature guy. He's not 18 years old. I like the way he handled all of that, even though he still has some stuff in the game that was still we've seen be persistent. I don't know if y'all noticed it as well, but I meant to say something last week. I mean, Jalen, you know better than me as a former quarterback. I thought outside of when he was forcing things in the fourth quarter, I thought he played a pretty damn good football game. Like he he made a couple plays on the run. I mean, he had the RPO read where he took it in for a touchdown. That one, um, I think that one counted one. He, he scored on the quarterback run that got called back for a hold. Um, and he made some really good throws. I mean, that drive that got them within, um, that gave them the lead late in the third quarter. I mean, the plays he made to Dingle, the, uh, there were some really good plays in that uh, in that drive and early in the game. And, he, and then the two balls to Anthony Brown Stevens, and I don't want to kill him too much because he's a freshman here, but they were perfect. They were one of them. If one of them, Brown Stevens, fell and dropped, if he catches that ball and he's standing, that's a touchdown. There was no DB there. It was a perfect ball. And the other drop was too. Like he was, like we've talked about the drops all year. This game, I think, was the one where, like, you can't blame Devin Leary for that loss. You just can't. I mean, the, the interceptions late, they're chasing points. You're going to force things. Like, I thought he he showed up, like you said, he had the press conference. I think that was before the Mizzou game that week. Uh, he took accountability, and he, I thought he played a pretty good football game. Um, and that was a case of he didn't have much help around him. And that hurts, and they're going to have to find ways, man, um, to get these tight ends involved, get the running backs more involved in the in the passing game if the receivers can't catch the football. It's that simple. Yeah, I, I, hey, I'm, I'm not opposed to saying that. His, his, I mean, his receivers are failing you know, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. at some point, you know, when you're in a new offense and you're trying to get the rhythm going, you're trying to get your feet under you, you're trying to get the ball rolling. Um, you need guys to make plays, you know, and I said before the season that this may have been the best group from top to bottom uh, as far as skill guys on offense that I've seen at Kentucky. I think um, it is. It still is. Know, <laughs> but it is, but, you know, they're not producing like no. that. The ball is touching their hands, both hands, too many times, and they're not coming up with the football. Um, so that's a problem. You know, that, yeah. that's a huge problem. And that's really a really big problem when you got a quarterback who's trying to find a rhythm. He need eventually somebody got to make plays for him. Uh, now, Devin Leary could definitely be better, no doubt. However, um, the players around him got to make plays. You know, we got so-called all-conference guys. Well, at some point, you got to be all-conference when the ball's sure. in the air. Uh, so – that's just the truth, man. You know, and I'm sure receivers coaches are telling them the same thing. Liam Cohen is telling them the same thing. Uh, Mark Stoops is telling them the same thing. You know, uh, you got you have to make plays. You have to do what you are capable of doing at some point uh, to help the offense out. You know, because that quarterback, you know, uh, he would like to be clicking on all cylinders, but it takes 11 last time I checked. And uh, you got to you got to get guys to. Um, you got to get guys to make plays for you at the end of the day. You check, watch Jalen Murrow at Bama. At some point, his receivers started making plays. Absolutely. Uh, they started going up and making plays with the ball in the air. You know, yeah. Burton, Burton's, yeah, yeah. Burton's playing really well right now. No doubt. You know, and, and catching and turning slants into 25-yard gains and hitches into 20-yard gains. That's what I call making plays. And 
they're not getting that right now. You know, flat. Yeah, two things. Just going off that, I mean, even Joe Milton, man, he's we've seen the accuracy issues, but that play squirrel White made. That's called helping your receiver out. That ball is slightly overthrown, catchable. What does White do? He lays out and makes a hell of a grab. Like you got to yeah. give credit there. Yeah, That's no. the type of thing that Kentucky needs. And I want to give, I do want to give credit to Dane Key. I think he's played a lot better uh, the last two weeks, um, the Georgia game and the uh, Mizzou game. He hasn't gotten many opportunities and. He's made he's made every catch that he's been targeted on. One of them got called back for a penalty, and those have been tough plays in the middle of the field. So maybe they're finding something with key. But you know, Barry on Brown's been hurt. I know, like I don't want to again, but you got to catch the football. Uh, the breaking the tackle stuff is that's another issue. But you got to catch the football, and when you do, you got to hold on to it. I mean, the fumble on the first play of the half, like that is that's demoralizing, man. So um, they need more from Barry on. I know Tavion's kind of in that same boat where he's been banged up the last couple of weeks and he's definitely digressed since uh, his hot start of the year. Um, and that's what's so unfortunate. Like when those six kids entered the portal and left over the off season, uh, including us, uh, everyone's kind of like, we're, they're going to be fine. You know, Barry coming back. Dane's coming back. Uh, Tavion's coming back. You know, they really like this Brown Stevens kid. They'll be fine. But man, like, I do wonder, I know really the only one that's playing well uh, is Chris Lewis down at Troy. Uh, if one of those guys comes back just to have, I, I mean, like I, I've had people ask me, why isn't Mark Stoops disciplining them? Why are they not sitting? Who are they going to play? They've got no one else. The two other, two other got the only three other scholarship receivers we've seen, you know, Crowdis hasn't really got much of a chance. He's gotten some reps. The other three are Cole Leitner who just got put on scholarship. And two true freshmen, Shamar Porter and Ardo Banks. Like they are thin at receivers. So uh, this is something that's going to have to get addressed in the offseason. But until then, man, those the guys just got to play up to the back of their football card, if you will. Like they got to be the dudes they were a year ago. Yeah. And piggybacking off the squirrel white catch, I mean, that was the first or second drive, if I remember correctly. Yeah, early in the game. Yeah. Yeah. And look what happened in the first half of Tennessee's offense. I mean, oh, Joe, right. Joe Milton threw for more passing yards than he's done. Almost that was the best year. half of football he's played as yeah. a volunteer. I think. Yeah, yeah, and one half against a really good defense in Alabama. So yeah, you got to you got to make plays. I mean, and I don't think his play his receivers are making as many. No, I mean, they've got, been. It's been. Yeah, a he got group. the guy. What's the guy? Uh, Romeo Keaton has been dropping balls. Yeah, and then Brew, Brew McCoy got hurt. Brew McCoy got hurt. So you know, at the end of the day, man, as a, as a, as a quarterback, you need when you're a little bit off, you need that. Um that edge at receiver to kind of get you over the edge uh, to make, uh, you know, allow you to develop some confidence and, and get your ball rolling a little bit. So we'll see if that happens on, uh, on Saturday. I think I said it last week, uh, Jalen to Aaron and Christy. Um, I was listening to McElroy and Kublik out of Birmingham, but they had, you know, from Alabama, former Vaughn Jason Swain on there, play receiver for Tennessee. And they were asking him stuff about the offense and he said, you know, when the pass is accurate, it's being dropped. Um, there's been inaccuracies in the passing game. And when you do hit a big play, it's penalties or protection. Yeah. I said, had- he sounds just like us talking about it. I mean, he down yeah. there in Knoxville talking about them the same way we up here talking about Kentucky. Exact same stuff, problems and issues is what they're facing down there, too. 
Yeah, they're these are two pretty pretty similar football teams. Um, with that, uh, the penalty numbers you mentioned, the drops, the quarterback play, and on the defensive side of the ball, Tennessee's played really really well. You got to give them credit there. That defensive line, twenty eight sacks. I think that's second most in the SEC. Alabama and A&M are tied for uh, tw- first, like twenty nine, and that's also tied for second best in the country. So they're making things happen up front. Uh, Kentucky, you know, the sack numbers aren't that, but they're making things happen up front. They're one of the, I think they're still the best rushing defense in the SEC. They haven't allowed 100 yards per carry. Uh, they're not allowed. They're l- allowing less than 100 yards per, per game on the ground. So they're doing a lot of good things there. And, you know, the pass defense for Kentucky, I know the numbers aren't great, but I still think overall it hasn't been as bad as the numbers show. Uh, I also think they just played probably the best three quarterbacks I would argue, I mean, Rattler at home is different, but I'd still say the way Mertz is playing, uh, the way Cook is obviously playing, and, and Beck, I think, has been outstanding. Like, that's a really tough run of quarterbacks back-to-back-to-back to back to back there. So uh, these two teams are very similar from the strengths and weaknesses, and that's why I think, I don't know what you guys think, but whatever outcome happens, I think it's going to be a pretty low-scoring game. I think this has a, has a chance to be uh, – I don't know what the over-under set is, but I, I'd go with the under if it's like anything around 38 or 37. In Kentucky's, you know, two and two in conference, one and one at home. The, to me, the, you know, you got the Missouri loss at home, you got the Florida win at home. Yep. Both instances, they did start fast. Now, they couldn't sustain it against Missouri, of course. We just saw one quarter of good football and then, you know, it went downhill from there. Jumped on Florida and, and kind of kept the pedal down in that game. Hopefully we see – I mean, you got to start fast again. But that's, to me, a couple of little similarities in the home games, one win, one loss, was the fast start. Now, what yeah. they do after the fast start remains to be seen. I mean, we I'm not – I can't say they're going to start fast against Tennessee, but if they do what they have done, they will. But then can you sustain it? Yeah. The only game in SEC play they haven't started fast was Georgia, and uh, it didn't yeah. go well. But yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. different animal. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, man, I mean, I, one thing I think we definitely need to talk about, what I'm really interested in is Mark Stoops made a comment Monday that I think has kind of made the rounds, and it's really interesting. We're talking about how, you know, trying to find balance in the offense and how Kentucky could have given the ball to Ray Davis 30 times, but, you know, are they really growing as a program if they don't? And that, to me, is really interesting because it kind of has a messaging of, like, you know, you you can't rebuild in year 11. <laughs> like, obviously, you need to establish a passing game. But, like, that I ha- saw a lot of people asking me, like, oh, does that mean we're not trying to win? What does that mean? Like, does it mean we're going to sacrifice winning? Uh, and in this game, you know, there's going to be a lot of people, if they don't start running the ball, asking to run it more. Uh, they're going to have to throw the ball on this the defensive front. I, like, I know Ray Davis is playing out of his mind, but uh, Tennessee is going to stop the run better than probably anyone outside of Georgia. So I, I am really curious to see how uh, Kentucky goes ahead and navigates offensively in this one. And for being a complete program, that's why I think he's – you can't just keep running it, run it, run it, run it. Even yeah, though and you got to show it off to recruits too. Yeah, yeah. To his core, that's what he's seemingly liked, and he's trying to kind of move on from that. You I remember when you know SEC Network started doing the SEC inside and breaking the games down? Back Kentucky was on one of those first ones when Benny Snell was there. Run it, 
Run it. Give it to 26. Yeah. Give it to 26. That's what he said on the sideline, mic'd up, like the whole show. <laughs> run it. And run it. Run you it. not. <laughs> so he's kind of moving away from that, trying to, like, if you want to be a complete program, because you can't duplicate what you did with the Lynn Bowden season. Right. Now you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be balanced. He says all the time. Out, you know, you mentioned him, his comments. What do you say all week about Tennessee? They're about as balanced as you can be. They you are getting more yep. balanced in Tennessee, and they're having a down offensive yeah. year. They're for scoring them. points, but they're but having they're a still, down year yardage for us. Yeah, and they're still balanced. So that's where Kentucky's trying to get consistently. Yeah, if you want to get, you know, those skilled guys that you want to get, man, you gotta. It is what it is, you know. Uh, <laughs> Marion and Dane are here because of 2021. That's why they're here. Yeah, you know, call call a spade a spade, man. You got to be able to – I believe that at any program. I mean, you know, God, they're always – from youth league on up, there are always guys who, who are moving into the area, looking to transfer schools, and they're going to go to the school that they feel like they have a chance to produce at the end of the day. Uh, people, you know, naturally going to think about themselves first. So where can I succeed? Where can I be productive? Uh, so, you know, if, if Kentucky and, you know, Tennessee and Missouri and whoever else is in the hat, if I'm a receiver, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the school that gets the ball to their receivers the most. Uh, now obviously you got NIL, but that's just, you know, that's just, it's that simple. It it really is like, I'm going to go to the school that gets the ball to their guys the most. You know, it's a reason why Missouri always have a top tier receiver um, because they have always been a school that is willing to throw the ball a lot and to throw it to their guy a lot. I mean, you're talking about getting certain guys 16, 17 targets. So they have always been that. So um, Mm they are always going to have a alpha dog at receiver. You know, it's just is what it is. So, you know, he know how to play the game, man. Speaking of Mark Stoops, he know how to play the game and, and that's just what you got to do um, if you want to attract those type of guys. And I, we all know you're not going to win in this league being one dimensional. So that's true. So, uh, Aaron, you talked about you know being the bye week and some guys banged up as far as you know Robinson and, and guys of that nature. You did tweet out that Trevor Wallace looks to be ready to play Saturday. Yeah, that's what he, he told me. <laughs> I asked him. Yeah, I, I asked him what happened, and he said uh, that he just got bumped on a punt against Georgia. He bumped into Zion, so I don't know. I think the broadcast had it as a shoulder injury, but when he said it like that, I was wondering concussion. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. Um, but you know, obviously misses last week, but he said he, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. So, uh, and I don't think that would have made him available to the media today if he wasn't going to play or it was even a question. So, uh, I feel pretty good about Trevin returning. And, you know, you got to give Davion Rayner credit. I actually thought he played, and the coaches thought he played a really good game um, against uh, against Missouri at 10 tackles at a tackle for loss. So, uh, I don't, I don't, you know, obviously not having Trevin Wallace uh, is never going to help any football team. I mean, that's probably the fast, I think. I'm not saying he's the best linebacker in the SEC, but I'm saying he's the fastest and he's a, he's a playmaker, man. So uh, anytime you don't have that, it hurts. So uh, I expect him to be back. And, you know, we'll see about some of those other guys. I think the other guys are um, 
Silver didn't play against Missouri. Uh, Ripka has been, kind of been in and out all year. And then I think Jordan Lovett went down early in that game. So we'll see what his deal is. But um, overall, they I think they're in pretty good shape, you know, just from having guys available standpoint. I know, um, you know, Barion and Tavion will play. It's just a matter of how effective they're going to be. And trying to limit this run where, you know, leading the league in rushing with Alabama held to 133. Yeah, Alabama's uh, a great you, Try to – Shut that down and, and make Joe beat you if he can and tip your hat if he does, right? That's exactly right. No doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee has three running backs. It's not just small. Uh, they have three really, really good running backs who are doing a lot of things. And the good news is Kentucky's done great against the Rodney, against some really good backs this year. I mean, Florida, those two backs, man, Etienne and Johnson, are there's they're – Top 10 guys in the SEC. Those are elite running backs that Kentucky shut down a couple weeks ago. Um, Missouri, Schrader is having an excellent year. I think he's second in the league in rushing uh, behind Ray. And he had his lowest average yards per carry of the season. He had the one long one for a touchdown, but otherwise he was shut down. Uh, so, you know, you got to feel at least confident that Kentucky is capable of slowing down the run. And you're going to have to make Joe beat you. The problem is – or not the problem, but then the, the question becomes, okay – we're going to let Joe beat us. Can our corners hold up? And I think, you know, Max has done a good job all year. Obviously the picks are <laughs> incredible at this point, five already. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, Phillips had his worst game of the year, undoubtedly against Missouri um, last week. You know, they got to make sure his head's in the right place from a confidence standpoint and he holds up. And I think, you know, uh, I'm not safety is kind of a hard position for me to judge, but just talking to some people that know that position pretty well, um, Geiger had been by far playing the best of that group. I don't think he's going to be back this week. Uh, Ty Bryant's only a freshman, though he's played pretty well. So uh, can Zion Childress, who's had a little bit of a down year, step up and have a big day? Um, if if Jordan Lovett's healthy enough, can he kind of have a game where he breaks out? He's had a definitely had a, had a tough year in coverage. So um, as long as as long as the those things happen. I, 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 again, I just think it's going to be a low scoring ball game, man. I just, I don't see this as the right matchup for a get right day for the offense, but I don't see it as a game that's going to get away from the defense. Like they got to punt the ball. Well, that, <laughs> I think that's, that's a huge key, man. They, the average field position at the 38 killed them last week. So um, they, they got to punt the ball, play the field position game. And I think I really do. I think it's going to be like a 2013, 17, 13 type. So how do you you gonna strike the balance? Because you know Ray Davis is showing out and he's on all these watch lists and all that for what he's done. Thinking they might be the best run stopping group since Georgia and all that, but you know you you don't want to just shy away from yeah. it. But you got you got the screen game too. You can you can get him involved in other ways. So it's a it's kind of a tightrope to where you, you want to get the passing game right. You don't think it's going to be a get-right game, but no. all these options are still there if you can get them working. But, yeah. they, you know, Ray might ball out on them too. You, you just you never know. You just yeah. never know. Yeah, screen game. I think getting – they've talked about getting uh, Demi Sumo Karnbe involved. I think mm -hmm. that's a guy that – I, th I don't know. I just don't know why they haven't got – I know as a running back why they haven't got him involved because Ray's been playing out of his mind. But yeah. I just don't understand why they haven't got him involved in the passing game. He's the one guy who's played with Leary for multiple years, maybe feels comfortable with. Every time he touches the ball, it's been an explosive play for the most part. Like, it, it's made no sense to me. And then, you know, we'll, we're going to say it till we're 
I don't know at this point how long we have to say this. Just get the ball to the tight ends. They're they're catching the ball every time. They have one drop all year when they've gotten a chance, man. Like, get them the ball. It doesn't have to be a shot to the tight end, but Jordan Dingle makes plays every time he touches the ball. Uh, Josh Caddis has been solid when he's gotten the ball, especially in the red zone. Uh, both of Brendan Bates' catches have been 15 or more yards. Just get them the football. Isaiah Cummings doesn't even have a catch yet. Like, that feels criminal to me, the way I saw him play um, in camp. I mean, they probably know more than me what's going on there. But still, like, get those guys the football if the other guys are going to let you down and let the other guys kind of act as um, – if you're not going to throw the ball down the field consistently this game, let those guys ask as uh, as decoys a little bit and get the ball to some other guys. Uh, just There's enough talent, like you were saying, Jalen. There's enough talent on this uh, – offense where it's as good of a skill position group as Stoops has had. And even with some of the struggles on the top guys, there's enough talent there to still make plays. No doubt, man. I think, uh, you know, it, it, I, again, from, from this standpoint, it, it, it's, it's easy to say that so-and-so should get the ball or whatnot. I mean, at the end of the day, we don't yeah. know what's going on, you know, behind yeah. closed doors or whatever. However, um, it, the 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 bad part about it is when the pass game isn't clicking. Not only do you have the guys that you want to get the ball a lot to, the guys that you want to see touch the ball from time to time aren't getting it. Um, so you got a lot of unhappy people, um, you know, on the team or in the in the offensive room, in the receiver room, in the tight end room, in the running back room, you know, because all because the pass game isn't as oiled up as you would like it to be. Uh, that leads to a lot of issues. And the only way it, it would lead to a lot of issues is if you were 7-0. and If you're not 7-0 and uh, or 6-1, and you know, and the pass game isn't clicking like it should, now you start to get disgruntled human beings. Uh, so, yes, you know, they have a lot of bodies at tight end. And they have, in my opinion, three bodies at receiver uh, that needs to see the football. Um, but that is a lot easier said than done, um, you know, when it comes to distributing. The, you know, there's only one ball. So, yeah. um, you know, that's just how the cookie crumbles, man. I, You know, <laughs> it, I, I, I've seen locker rooms where we were winning and guys really, okay, it, they wanted the ball, but, I mean, what am I going to say? I don't want to look selfish. We're winning. And I've seen locker rooms where we're not winning as much as maybe we think we should, and I'm not getting the ball. Now that's the issue. And now coaches feel it, and coaches feel the pressure to try to get those guys the ball. And now that's just an extra layer of um, pressure or extra layer yeah. of stress for a coach because he know, especially in today's world, um, this guy will be out of here in a hurry, you know, before, yeah. you can, before you can blink. He'll be out of here playing for a rival team. So you got to you got to kind of get you guys the ball, you know, as best you could and as often as you can. Yeah, that's why I do wonder, like, uh, you made a really good point. Like, we don't know what happens behind closed doors. And, like, it makes me wonder what happened. At, like, what was the reaction in the locker room from in the receiver room, rather, after the Florida game where you won, you dominated a rival, but – it was grounded pound. I mean, they threw 20 times and they only completed nine balls. And, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I, I I don't know. I don't think Dane key had a catch in that game. 
Um, Barry on, if he did, I think it was only two or three. Um, I want to say I'll pull it up real quick. Besides the point, like that was just a game where those type of guys, like you were saying, Jalen didn't get the ball as much as they probably wanted to. And from the outside, it looked like everyone was pretty fired up. I mean, they were really happy they won that game. I know I saw Barry on Brown coming off the field. Uh, he was jacked up. So, you know, it looks publicly like they're feeling pretty good. They don't care. Like as long as they're winning, they don't care type of thing. But you know, behind closed doors, I do wonder kind of where the, you know, we've heard a lot of the unselfishness. We heard a lot of that in the preseason. We're hearing a lot of it now with the basketball team. But then once you get into the heat of battle and maybe you're not getting the ball as much as you want, you know, how is that, how is that affecting, you know, day-to-day life inside the building? So that, that would be, if I could be a fly on the wall after that, could have been a fly on the wall after that Florida game to see kind of the reaction to how they won that game. I would have loved to, but yeah, just looking at it real quick to put a ball on it. Uh, Barry on had four catches in that game. TV on three, Ray one, Demi one. So, you know, nothing for Dane key, nothing for the tight ends. So who knows? Yeah. And you know, I think it happens everywhere, but not saying it is it's been solved, but seeing this Tennessee offense, you know, we saw it at Missouri when Hyper was the OC there, and now this yeah. is the, the third time facing him at Tennessee. Maybe you get a little better grasp of, of how to defend it, how to go about it. <laughs> I think, you know, it was you know, 40. They scored 89 points with Hyper, 45 yeah. up here two years ago. 44 down there in Knoxville last year. Maybe this time around you get a little better handle on how to kind of corral it. And, and Hooker yeah. is going to be different than than Milton. That makes a big difference whether Stoops has been kind of going out of his way to give Milton a lot of credit to me. And maybe behind closed doors he don't really think he should fear Joe the way he's talking him up no. in the media. So we're about to find out Saturday. And he feared Brett Gabbert too. No offense to Brett Gabbert, but uh, <laughs> you know that's just that's some coach speaking there. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. No, but like uh, this is going to sound crazy because they gave up forty-four points. But I thought yeah. last year the defense handled it a lot better than the year before because the again another issue in last year's game and it wasn't as much the punting. But the field position, I think Tennessee's average field position was the 39. And I know that they started like four or five drives in Kentucky territory. And that was because of turnovers. That was because Tennessee punted the ball really well. Kentucky couldn't move it an inch. And they were punting from their own end zone. So the field position in that game, and, you know, there were Jalen Hyatt beat him down the field a couple times. Jalen Hyatt's not walking through that door, luckily, for Kentucky. He's making big plays in the NFL now. And you got, you know. win Sunday. Whoa. Yeah, they needed it. And Jalen Hyatt made two huge plays in it. So, <laughs> glad he's doing it for my team instead of Tennessee now. But, uh, you know, that game, I just thought the defense played better than it did two years ago. I'm not saying it was great because he gave up 44 points. Um, yeah. But there were there were a lot of short fields. There there were only a couple of real big plays in that game. I thought Tennessee ran the ball really well, which was concerning, obviously. But it's I didn't think the tempo just killed them last year like it did two years ago when yeah. it felt like every other play was a seventy five yard right. bomb for a I, touchdown. I think you're right because it's like they went into the game knowing what they okay this is what we got to do. Right. This is what we got to and they just got overwhelmed. First play it was a bomb. And it's, it was like you're right. They just got. They didn't know what was. They didn't know what hit them. Yeah, yeah. 
But la- again, yeah, last year I thought, you know, again, it wasn't great. You gave up 44. They ran the ball and you were pretty good. But it was a better effort. So maybe this year with some of the, the talent deficiencies compared to a year ago for Tennessee, uh, this is the year Kentucky really can put it together defensively. And I think it, I honestly do think it will be. I just I don't have any confidence in this offense uh, doing that much. And not only I do think this offense is going to have a day where they get it going. Mm-hmm. I just this Tennessee defense, man, they're playing really good football. They're playing really good football. I'm still in that camp, too, even though there hasn't been enough to suggest that it's going to happen. I'm still with with Jalen. I have, I didn't say I'm, I still think there's a, a a 22 for 30 type game where he's efficient and locked in and, you know, hitting guys short, hitting guys intermediate, distributing the ball to all, you know, positions to the backs, to the tight ends, to the receiver. I'm, I still think that's there. I think it might be South well. Carolina with that, how that defense looks. <laughs> that defense is terrible. Terrible. And I think it's there against the good – I think, you know, we thought they could do this to anybody that started uh, yeah. season in the summer. We thought – I thought – I you know, Dick Gabriel, I think, you know, they were going to be an offense to where, you know, in basketball you got, you got five guys with average double figures yeah. – how do you stop them? Or if you stop two, well, these three will kill you. I thought this was what they would be. Me if too. You, you know, you take you take Dane away, where they're gonna kill you with the tight end, and you're gonna get Tavion, you're gonna get Ray. There's just gonna be too many options, too many, too many heads on the snake to yeah. defend. But what's crazy is we like I know it was uh I forget who they ball state, but like week one, that is exactly what happened where they doubled Barry on the whole game and Barry on. Barely did anything, but Dane Key, I forget his stat line. It was well over 90 yards. He had a touchdown. And I talked to that. I asked both of those guys about it, and they kind of had that same answer. Like their mindset was, okay, you double one of us, the other one's going to go off type of thing. And, you know, even game two against EKU, again, not a good opponent. Uh, they did a really good job on Dane. They did a really good job on Barion, and Tavion exploded. But, um, you know, outside of the Vanderbilt game, you know, the offense just hasn't had a performance like that all season outside of uh, just, all right, screw it. We're running the damn ball. But, and and the other thing that we haven't even talked about in this episode that I, the reason I'm confident they're going to finally break through is because the offensive line is better. Like it's not the 21 offensive line, but this offensive line has done enough good to win football games. I think it, to be a six and one team rather than the five and two they're at right now. I mean, they, I know they gave up some sacks late in that game last week, but the offense line is better. Kenneth Horsey is back and healthy. Like there's no reason uh, this great. offense should be this bad. Yeah. Horsey back is big. I, yeah. I, I tend to believe that this game was going to be, you know, I wouldn't say super high scoring, but more in the, like, you know, 31, 34 type game. I, yeah. I, I, I believe that because I hope so. <laughs> I, I, I just think that, you know, at some point, man, damn, at some point, you just got to say, with Ray Davis running the ball so well, at some point, you're you going to heat up in the play-action game. At some point. You know, that that's just on paper, that got to happen soon or should happen. Um, and I believe, you know, and this is just the truth, that uh, Hypo has a slight edge at times on the defense, on Stoops defense sure. or Brad White's defense. I, I believe that. I, whatever schematically, I don't, I'm not in those rooms, you know, but whatever they got, whatever they see, um, he does a good job scheming up 
um, Kentucky. He did a hell of a job scheming up Bama last week, really. He schemes uh, everyone up. <laughs> yeah, he, he does a good job yeah. scheming, scheming Kentucky's defense. I mean, we saw in the past two years that he has. Uh, however, uh, I do believe that, you know, uh, they'll do better on defense this year. But I, I think this is a game that will be in the 30s, man. I think the offense will get going some. And I think uh, the defense uh, will bend but not break in some situations and, uh, you know, come out with it. I, I, I got a feeling that this is going to be a big special team. There's going to be a big play on special teams uh, that can, you know, help or hurt the chances, you know, uh, whether it's a punt block or whatever it may be. There's going to be something on special teams that, that's going to be the deciding factor um, or we can look back and say what's one of the deciding factors of the game. Uh, so I – you know, I, I think it's going to be a fun game to watch as a general football fan. And I do think it's going to be a fun game for Kentucky fans. I think they're going to finally see the offense start to take shape uh, in the passing game. So, uh, I, you know, I believe that, you know, Tennessee has shown to let guys run free in the back end uh, from time to time. And I think mm-hmm. you may I think you may see that a little bit. I guess we should say. 38 a couple years ago because the pick six would get him to 45. So, oh, okay, if you get technical, yeah, that's right. The Alante Alante Taylor Taylor dagger pick six when that was outside of that, that was probably Will Levis's best game in a Kentucky uniform. Mm -hmm. Maybe the LSU game, maybe the Louisville game, but yeah, as a passer, that was his best. I mean, the 14 28 at the end of the game, (laughs) like he played as a like that was his best pass and gave us wildcat outside of that one throw. Yeah. Speaking of Will Levis, he's supposed to get the start Sunday for the Titans against what the Falcons, I think. Atlanta comes in. Yeah. Yeah. So So, Jalen's buddy Bud Dupree is going to be chasing after mm -hmm. on Sunday. Yeah. That'll that'll be be interesting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm excited for him. I mean, I honestly didn't think he'd start a game this year. So I'm pretty, I'll be, uh, I think Giants and Jeff games at one. So I'll I'll double box to, uh, see how number eight's doing down there but that's pretty cool i held out hope i'm in a a couple fantasy leagues and i'm in one league it's like 20 of us it's brutal so there's no you know there's no talent you know oh my gosh and so i drafted him as a second quarterback i said because at some point tanny hill is going tanny hill and levis is going to get in there and so I, i just had him stashed away all season and so finally he's gonna get a look and make his debut so I uh, hope it goes Huge well. Huge opportunity. Good for him. Against Arthur Smith, so he knows the Titans well because he was there as the yeah. OC. So, yeah, a little reunion for, for him. But Where is that game? Is it? I thought it was in Nashville. I'll look real quick. I, think. I don't think uh, it's a home game for the Titans. Okay. So that makes it easier, too, a little bit. I think. <laughs> uh, Maybe. Not. Yeah, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. He's got to go down there to that dome in Atlanta. That'll be rough. Uh, it is da, 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 home game. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. That'll make it a little easier. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh-huh. uh, uh, you know, if he's starting back-to-back games, they play. They have a quick turnaround. They go Thursday night, and it's not just Thursday night. They go Thursday night in Pittsburgh against uh, T.J. Watt and that defensive mm-hmm. front. So uh, he needs some confidence Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Old man Calais Campbell was is playing good ball again. He yeah, he's playing really well. That's 37, good... 38. Just got his hundred sack yeah. as an interior lineman. Unbelievable. That's I mean, to get a hundred sacks in the NFL, yeah. that is, that's crazy, man. Yeah, and Atlanta shored up that secondary a little bit too with Jesse Bates. Um, 
Mm-hmm. They signed someone else. They signed another guy back there too. So uh, I know Terrell's been good there for a while now. I'm trying to think, they have signed another DB, but the name's slipping me. But I know for yeah. sure they signed Jesse Bates, and he's balling out. I gotta ask you for just for a second. I mean, this we talk Kentucky a lot. This is Kentucky podcast, but we we hit other stuff too. Why? Speaking of the Titans, can you quit trading all your your good players to the Eagles? Hey man, hey, 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 hey man. I, I I I don't know what to say about that. What are you? It's, doing? it's kind of weird, almost. It's, Fired AJ yes. Brown. I mean, is Derrick Henry going to Philly tomorrow? I mean, what are we doing? Uh, that, I mean, uh, I think the only reason he won't is because DeAndre Swift is balling out there. But it's ridiculous, dude. It's yeah, it's kind of. It's ridiculous. I'd it'd be one thing if they're rebuilding and they got good offers, but like, what did they get? They got, I think, it was the first round pick the only thing they got for Brown, and they drafted Traylon Burks, who. So far as stunk, like I hope. I mean, I don't. I hope he turns it around for his sake. But like, come on. And then what they gave up? Argue, I mean, still a top five safety in this league. A guy who's been all pro, led the league in interceptions, and they get him for two th- day three picks. Like I mean, the, the Titan. If if Philly gets to the Super Bowl, let's let's say they win it. Do the, does the Titans front office think they get a partial? They should. Ring? They think they, they, they think? honestly should. For con- contributing to their yeah. roster, do we get yeah, part, saw, of, part of the playoff bonus? I will, I will say the only thing about the Eagles I like is uh, I do like Jason. Not not when he plays me, but I do love Jason Kelsey in that podcast with him and his brother. And yeah. he said that we have to send Tennessee a really, really nice Christmas card. It's like, I mean, screw you. Yeah, you do. Though. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. But, uh, yeah, man, the Eagles, just the rich get richer with that roster. It's <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. But you know what? The Phillies lost last night, so at least that's oh. at least they have to deal with that for a little bit. Yeah, what's y'all's uh, early Super Bowl prediction? Yeah, it's going to be really boring, but minus Chiefs Eagles, it's really really boring. It's a repeat, but like yeah. I just uh, the way I, I mean Buffalo looks like a shell of themselves. The Giants should have beat. Buffalo. I'm not going to go back down that train, but mm. they just lost to New England. Um, Cincinnati hasn't gotten it going yet. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Um, like who else in the AFC is I, I, Jacksonville? Like I'm not buying them as a Super Bowl team. Um, that's it. And then the NFC man, uh, I, I would say San Francisco. I love their roster, but I do like, and I really do like Brock Purdy. But there's just some questions for me there still. And you know, their offensive line outside of Trent Williams is not very good, especially the guards. So. That turns me off with San Francisco a little bit, and then there's no one. I don't. I don't buy Detroit as a Super Bowl team. Um, Dallas, you know, your Cowboys, Vinny, they just struggle in the playoffs. I can't pick them to do that yet. And then Minnesota's having a down year that they're getting it going a little bit. Like there's, it's more so. I hate to pick the Eagles and Chiefs, but like they're, they're by far, in my opinion, the two best teams in the league. And I'm gonna have to. That was my preseason pick, and I'm. Actually, no, I, I had the 49ers and Chiefs, but uh, right now I'd say Eagles Chiefs. I would love to see 49ers. I would too. I would also love to see uh, Miami. I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, but- that's the one team I left out. I just, I, I still think they need an, I, I just think they are a couple of pieces away uh, defensively. They got to beat, they got to beat good teams. Yeah, they got to do that. And now they're beat up. You know, he'll, yeah, it'll, help, it'll help getting Jalen back. It'll help getting Jalen Ramsey back, but they still, yeah. like, yeah, they just have some. They have some glaring holes that they are. They're like two or three guys away from mm-hmm. the next step, in my opinion. 
Yeah, because, you know, Buffalo, I, I said it. I was like, look, they catch a break going to Buffalo in September. They don't have to go up there in this cold. And Buff- Buffalo beat them by three touchdowns. I'm like, yeah. oh, oh okay. And they put 48 on them. Yeah, and that was right after they put 70 on Denver. Yeah. And then, you know, they just played the Eagles. And, you the know, Eagles shut them down. Yeah, oh, they, they got they screwed with that face mask that could have yeah. changed the whole game. But, yeah, I, I think, honestly, I would say Miami – you know, I don't know, and I don't, I don't trust Miami on the on the road in Kansas City uh, at this point. I know they play each other in Germany like next week, mm-hmm. so that'll be a really fun game. Maybe if maybe I'll eat some crow and Miami will beat them. But uh, Baltimore sneaky, but they always seem to fall short too. But I just think it's uh it's the Chiefs and the Eagles right now. If the Niners are healthy, I'm still going to give the nod to the Niners. I've if the Niners were healthy in the NFC Championship game last year, I wonder what would happen I do too, in yeah. Philadelphia because you got Christian McCaffrey fixing to put his quarterback helmet on because they were out of quarterback. So that's unbelievable. The game they had to a wrap. Rules because of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they're healthy, which the Niners seem to always get banged up a lot, you know, you, they, they, they rely on a lot of vets. Mm-hmm. And they throw physical, you know, Debo's out. McCaffrey's banged up. He's one of his trying, obliques. Is hurt. Yeah, so they, you know, we'll, we'll see if they can hold up and be healthy come playoff time. Uh, but I'll, I'll say, I'll say Niners and Chiefs, and we saw that a few years ago. With I mean, yeah, they, that was they, a good game. Give the Niners credit, man. They, I mean, they got the Super Bowl with well, Garoppolo. I they would. Got, I mean, the dude. Uh, you know, yeah. Purdy making these deep runs. They, they uh, haven't had to spend money at quarterback yet, and they've still had deep playoff runs. So I got to give them credit for that. Yeah. You know, Out, outside, I think I have Andy Reid, and I'll put Bill Belichick in a different conversation because, you know, he's the best of all time, whether he's that right now, probably not, whatever. Uh, I'd say Mike uh, Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan's the second best coach in the NFL, Mike Reid, right now. Mm. I can't. I mean, he's an offensive mastermind. I mean, and he's that it's the copycat league. And uh, what are teams hiring? They're hiring off the 49er staff so they can have that offense. And uh, you see it working in Houston. You see it working in, uh, uh, I know D'Amico Ryan's is the DC, but he hires an offensive, his offense coordinators off staff, parent staff. Um, you're, you're seeing it with um, the Dolphins, obviously with McDaniel. So uh, the only the, the, the Jets, Jets are the only one that didn't work. It's the only one that didn't work because they hired, uh, you know, the Salah, uh, Salah hired mm-hmm. the offensive coordinator. Uh, what's his name? That oh, they fired uh, already from Lafleur, Lafleur's brother. Oh. Well, they had Lafleur's brother who came from. It was the 49ers. It was an assistant on the 49ers staff. Mm. He he failed, and now they have uh, Hackett. But uh, that's the only place where a team that's hired off that San Francisco tree has failed. So uh, uh it's pretty damn successful. And they're what three and three right now. And if they they're three and three they have a great team. I mean their defense is and they play my Giants this week. So I, I wish them the worst. But y'all got Tyrod going or Daniel Jones. Yeah, I think so. I, I, it sucks for Jones because uh, there were a lot of things that weren't his fault, but you know he wasn't playing great and uh his neck he's still not cleared for contact. So I it's gotta be it's gonna be Tyrod. And Tyrod's playing his ass off. I would like I don't I, I want Daniel Jones back in there, you know, when it's time. But e- even if you were cleared this week against the Jets and their pressure, uh, I kind of want to play the hot hand and let Tyrod go. And it sounds like that's going to be the case anyway. Hey man, Tyrod been doing that thing for a while. Forever, now. man. He's been, <laughs> he's seen everything. I remember when in high school he was one of my favorite guys to watch. Yeah, Virginia Tech. Uh, he's uh, balled out since he's yeah, been he, in a lot of like. 
Tyrod, he he's had times where he really balled out, man. He he's had some good times, yeah. some good years, uh, or some good moments, I should say. You know, I don't, you know, he I thought he kind of got, you know, kind of jipped a little bit. Out of he got hosed in L.A. with the Chargers. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, that whole lung surgery, whatever. Yeah, that that oof, that's that's crazy. and and they had a guy named Justin Herbert waiting in the wings too. So. <laughs> It was tough luck, but no, he looked, especially this past week. What I love about Tyrod, what he does is when he gets pressure, instead of one thing with Jones is, you know, he's such a good runner that he, when he sees pressure, he's taken off. When Tyrod sees pressure, he's still looking to throw and he's able to make some throws on the run, take some shots on those plays and he's had success. So uh, it's been encouraging. I will flip it. Yeah, I think your Knicks just lost a tough one to yeah, Boston. Yeah, so they were down most of the night, and they came back and didn't finish the job. But as a as a Rockets fan, I'm gonna say, look, I I hate the Spurs, I hate the Mavericks. That's who's oh, on yeah. right now. But that said, I hope this Wimby stays healthy because he is oh a, he's a unicorn. He's a seven four Kevin Durant man. He's ridiculous. It's Him and and Chet Holmgren, these two young 7-3 dudes with all yeah. these guard skills. I hope Wimby can stay healthy. You don't want to see – look, because, look, I don't remember Yao Ming and all the lower leg injuries and all that. I don't want to see that for these guys. I hope this dude can stay healthy because you can't you, you can't yeah. shoot over him. The, the floaters, the handles, you know, he's nutmegging dudes. You know, it's crazy. Man. Yeah, I see. I was looking at uh, – <laughs> Chet didn't do much tonight, but uh, – uh, Case and Wallace, is, they're still playing. They have nine minutes thunder killing the Bulls. And Wallace is three for three, two for two from three. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, his debut. Since we're on basketball, man, we had basketball media day today. You were <laughs> over there at the Craft Center covering that too, right? Yeah, my ears are still bleeding because the fire alarm went off, <laughs> which was hilarious. But, uh, yeah, no, it, it was today. And, you know, it was, it was all right. <laughs> I mean, Cal, I think I think my main takeaway, and it's kind of been my takeaway since Toronto, is Cal Perry loves this team, man. I mean, he will sit there and brag, brag, brag about them, and he's, he's feeling himself, which wasn't the case last year. And I think that's, you know, a good sign of things to come usually – he has a pretty darn good rate of it. I think we saw last year he wasn't too high on this team just based on some actions, and he ended up being right. They ended up not being a very good team, uh, calling it what it is. So um, I, I, there's a lot of good personalities on this team. Um, there's, a, I think the, the backcourt should be really, really strong. I think um, Wagner's just <laughs> it's a it's a it's a common term now, but he's he's a dog like that dude. You could tell I was up at the blue and white game at NKU this weekend. He was getting so pissed that they were losing in the blue and white game. Like he was so mad. So, and you saw it in, in Houston, the McDonald's game. It was one of the more competitive McDonald's games. And when I was talking to some people down there, he was like, "Yeah, DJ would not let it not be competitive." So, um, I think they're in good hands there at the point uh, with Reed, with Dillingham, how he's beefed up a little bit. Um, you know, Justin's gonna. They they are they're a versatile team, so uh, there's a lot to like um, from what I heard today. Just uh, the confidence wise, and it's really for me the things that's going to come down to with this team. Um, can they rim protect, and how long are those bigs going to be out? I don't really, I, I just don't think Big Z is going to be a big factor on this year's team, just because there's an adjustment that needs to be made. Like I think he's more of a future piece. He'll probably play a little bit, but I think the fans who are kind of hyping him up need to 
be a little realistic about it, but I think Aaron Bradshaw is going to be great when he gets on the court. Um, I think Trey Mitchell will be fine at the five. I just, you know, I worry about the rebounding and the shot blocking there. So uh, it's going to be interesting. I think this team's going to be a lot of fun, um, more fun than last year for sure. Um, but we'll see. I think there needs to be, you know, I hear people, I saw someone made a prediction of them losing four games all year. That's unrealistic to me. Uh, I think it's going to be somewhere in like the, Eight to eight to nine, eight to ten loss range where they're in the running for like a three to four seed. I think that it's going to be that type of team, um, especially because they have a really tough Kansas game early, a really tough Miami game early that they're not going to have the bigs for. But um, yeah, I came away, I came away satisfied from media day, and I came away pretty impressed with the competitiveness up at the uh, blue and white game last weekend. They said it on the broadcast. It was. Uh... Well, uh, Cameron Mills and you got Dick Gabriel, which we, yep. we had Cameron on a few weeks ago. Going to do a little bonus episode with Gabe tomorrow. But Cameron kept saying, you know, I said, look how unhappy Wagner is. And he said, oh, he was I, I, I love that he's unhappy oh, yeah. right now. I love that he's not happy because they're losing. And it, yeah, I mean. He was pissed. It's the blue and white game, and he's pissed. So, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's something they've been lacking, to be honest. How many times have we talked about last year, man? They, there's no fight in this team. There's not enough dogs on this team. I don't think you're going to have that issue this year. I think this team is really, really freaking competitive, and um, that's going to go a long way because they have talent. And, you know, I hear – I actually think Kyle made some good points about the transfer portal, and, you know, some of these teams were already – deeming the national championship contenders, but we haven't seen them play on the court together. It's a lot different than with football when no matter how many guys you got in the portal, the majority of your roster is homegrown. Your scheme is your scheme and you're kind of just plugging and plugging and going with basketball, you know, scheme, whatever, but you have to build chemistry and it's going to take time. So uh, this team, the fact that they're, you know, obviously they haven't all played together, but, you know, Bradshaw and DJ were high school teammates. They've known each other forever. Uh, they've known Justin Edwards since the eighth grade, those two guys. Um, they got a couple of them were together in Houston at the McDonald's game. They've been together all summer. Um, they're, a lot of them are kind of going through the same stuff. And then you have Antonio back who's been there, done that, gone through really good and really bad. Um, a dues back and at least has some experience and knows what this program's about. So uh, I do like how this roster's put together. Um, I think that it's going to be interesting to see if they can kind of debunk the whole veteran led thing. You know, obviously last year it did end up going that way where, uh, you know, some of the, the veteran teams further, but um, I, I feel pretty good about this team much better than I did going into last year. I'll say that. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Georgetown for exhibition Friday night, and we'll get that yeah. another little exhibition against somebody else and playing yeah, against the, themselves there and get that little scrimmage in. And, yeah, it's amazing how fast the season is, man. I mean, opening night is what the the sixth, so yeah. Mon Monday the sixth. So mm -hmm. well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy because. It's the month of November, if you're a Kentucky sports fans, it's a fun one, man, because there's obviously football front. You got Alabama coming to town for the last home game. Uh, you're going to get Mississippi State early in the month. You're going to get Louisville. You're going to get South Carolina. And then the basketball, you know, obviously it's starting, but you also get, you know, Kansas in the Champions Classic, and you get a home game against the I, I 
I don't get why people are crapping on Miami being the ACC challenge opponent. Like Miami went to the final four and they weren't frauds either. Like they're a damn good basketball team. Like that is going to be a hell of a lot of fun in, in Rupp Arena. There's some really fun home games this year. So uh, it's going to be a fun month in November. Uh, we'll see how much winning is done from those two programs, but uh, it'll be a fun month. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we hit baseball real quick and I'm a petty brace fan, but I love seeing the Phillies, you know, blow a three, two lead. And a two nothing, two nothing series lead. They've been one of the first two, up three games to two, going back home, and Arizona punked them twice. So I loved every second of that. Uh, gotta give props to Dusty Baker, man. He's yeah. Uh, oh, been around the so game. I was so happy they lost though, everywhere. not because of Dusty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And look, he he pretty much won everywhere he went. You know, they they're gonna yeah. talk about the game sevens and stuff. He. Took the Giants to Game Seven against the Angels back in 2000. Yeah. Uh, he had the Nationals in the playoffs. Had the, the Reds yeah. doing stuff. He, you know the Cubs, all that. He won a title with the Astros without cheating. He won a <laughs> without banging on garbage cans and stuff. He won a, a title the right way last year. So uh, he was on deck when Hank Aaron broke Babe Ruth's home run record in Atlanta playing for the Braves. So this dude has been around the game. Forever, he's a legend. Seventy-four years old, had an yeah. unbelievable career. So Absolutely. now he's able to to retire and step away and, and go do whatever he wants to do, man. So, you know, props to Dusty Baker. No, no doubt about yeah. it. I just uh, I can't stand the Astros. But, uh, that's <laughs> not his fault. He he wasn't the one that created the monsters. No, no, and he like I said, he he went down there and won a title yeah, the right way. No, after all exactly. That no, I have, a, I have a lot of respect for Dusty. I just <laughs> I wish I didn't have to ever see him in that Astro uniform. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, congrats on all his success. Had to mention that. And we talking about beating Tennessee. Hope Kentucky beats Tennessee. Moves to six and two. Kentucky volleyball already whooped up on Tennessee. They came down to Knoxville last oh, yeah. week and swept them three straight sets. And then they beat Arkansas the other day. So two big time wins. And yeah, they're heating up after know, a really tough start. Yeah, brutal, brutal schedule. And they took a lot of lumps. But I think I don't. I'm not an expert on the volleyball polls. They were still ranked after all the, yeah, those those L's they took. They were still like 23rd before they beat, yeah. um, before they beat Tennessee. So I think that showed they had respect for them as a program, and yep. they knew that they were young, playing a brutal schedule, and so they were still ranked. And they're still right back on top of the SEC where they've been the past five or six years, yeah. and they're still the ones that everybody's trying to reach Arkansas and Tennessee trying to get where Kentucky is at. They still got the target on their back. So, you know, rounding into shape props to coach Skinner for, you know, having the guts to play that schedule and, you yeah. know, knew you weren't probably ready for it. You didn't shy away from it. Went and took your L's and now you got your squad back. I think Rutherford was injured. She's back. And now you, now you're rolling. So yeah. Yeah. Good for them. For sure. Absolutely. So look, we try to touch on all the all the sports. Like, like Jalen said, he was at you know volleyball games, softball games, basketball games when he was uh, had downtime as a player, man. So yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Women's soccer is having like a historic year. So yeah, too. Yeah. They got their coach was just fired a couple of years ago. So mm -hmm. good stuff. Yep, yep, yep. Another fun one, fellas. Uh, 
We'll see what happens coming off this bye. Like I said, I'm glad Tennessee played Alabama. Yeah. Before they played Kentucky, coming yeah. in beat up, and Kentucky plays physical. Struggles coming out of a bye. So you got hey. a couple of things dynamic, you know, but let's let's just start fast like we've been. And, and the crowd's got to bring it, man. I know, like the, I was saying, I don't know if I said on here before we started, but the energy, I just feel like around Lexington for this game has been a little low. But Tennessee is one and five in their last six road games, and their yeah. only and their only win is uh, Vanderbilt, which is like a home mm. game. They they striped out Vanderbilt, so um, yeah. So you gotta. They've been struggling on the road under hype a little bit. You gotta you gotta take advantage. Florida was really struggling on the road. You took advantage. Uh, you gotta do it again. And just because uh, they're wearing those orange tees and those orange unis, man, they're like. They're not superhuman. Like you can right. beat this team. I, I know it. They haven't done it much in the last thirty-five years, but uh, mm-hmm. they are capable of doing it. That's right. Agree with all of that. So, fellas, we'll put a bow on this episode. Appreciate everybody taking the time to listen and check it out. And we'll be back next week for another episode of Believe in Kentucky. Check us out tomorrow. We'll look bonus episode with the legend Dick Gabriel. We'll see everybody next time. Appreciate y'all checking us out. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.